Welcome to Shaylee and Katie's Lemonade Stand. We're trying to figure out how to do this thing, the mom thing, the entrepreneur thing, while trying to turn all the lemons into lemonade. And figuring out how to grow our own little lemonade stands we've started. But metaphorically. Metaphorically. Yeah, they get it. I'm Shaylee Murphy, an interior designer and mom of one with one on the way. And I'm Katie Day, a photographer and mom of four. Before FreshBooks Cloud Accounting, you know how I would create invoices? Oh, I'm excited to know. I had this super fancy InDesign file that I would open up and I would type into and I would export and it took a little while so I just write on my to-do list, okay, on Mondays I'm just gonna take an hour and I'm gonna create all those invoices that I've been waiting on. Oh, so you literally, you would work for free to try to get paid from the clients that you were trying to charge for giving design? But now I can do it from my phone in the parking lot before I even leave the photo shoot and it looks good. Yeah, that sounds better. Guys, the all new FreshBooks is ridiculously easy to use. You can use FreshBooks to create and send beautiful invoices in about 30 seconds and there's no formatting and no formulas. FreshBooks is offering a 30 day unrestricted free trial to all of our listeners. Just go to freshbooks.com SK and enter Shailene Katie in the how did you hear about us section. FreshBooks, get paid from your car. But not like you're selling anything illegal. Welcome back to Shaylee and Katie's Lemonade Stand. Mm -hmm. Woo! We got a live one for you today, folks. Yeah, watch out. If you've just had kind of like a boring uh, week and you need to sauce it up a bit. We need to sauce it up by learning you have a pelvic floor. (laughs) Yeah, this is our sauciest episode to date. We say words that are anatomically correct. There's words that are said that are anatomically correct and topics said Mm -hmm. that. We said a word today that begins with an O. That I oh uh, no I, it doesn't come up very often in my everyday conversation no um, and Shaylee got really red and took off a sweater I took off a sweater and I I like just clenched up my whole body in the corner and mm-hmm. tried to hide um, our guest is great she's awesome she's a pelvic health physical therapist from Canada so she's also nice <laughs> stereotype correct uh huh um, her name is Melissa and she runs Mommy Berries which is an Instagram and a website. And she has a course on this for new moms, but she talks about all kinds of health-related issues and solutions for the pelvic floor, which we didn't even know we had. Yeah, it turns out I have one. It's we have very one. Important. Every, you have one. The Men reason my organs one. aren't on the floor is because of it. Right. So this is a, a, we do a slight disclaimer, but this is a disclaimer that adult topics are covered in this podcast episode. Very adult. So if you have... A really curious 12-year-old boy <laughs> that wants to listen, maybe earbuds it. If you have a, I'm going to repeat everything I've ever heard three-year-old and you don't want them knowing the correct terms for everything quite yet, maybe earbuds it. Yeah, it's up to you. Live your life. It's up to you. We're vulnerable. If you are a husband on a road trip that doesn't want to be listening to this and your wife is making you... Don't start with this one. <laughs> maybe make her earbuds it. Yeah, don't, 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 don't lead with this one, lady. Don't lead in strong with it. I mean, maybe you want to. I don't know. It actually could be healthy for your marriage. Who knows? First, we have to thank our amazing fake sponsor, which we joke a lot about this aligning correctly with the topic. This is like aligned better with the topic than any episode we've ever had. I can't believe it. This episode is brought to you by Pelvic Floors. Pelvic Floors. You have one. You have one. It turns out. Yeah. Thanks, Pelvic Floors. Thanks, Pelvic Floors. Here's Melissa. If you don't know what that is, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay, here we are with Melissa. Um, Melissa, where are you calling from? I am in British Columbia, Canada. Ooh, international. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, today we're going to talk about pelvic health, mm. which is something Katie and I are just 
really knowledgeable in. No, we're not, but we probably really need it. We need it. We've had babies and aren't sure what pelvic health is. So that's probably, <laughs> that's probably not a good, it's probably not a good start. Um, so Melissa actually reached out to us and she's like, this is what she does for a living. Wealth of knowledge. Wealth of knowledge. Um, we've chatted a little bit and we were going to do a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. Because strong language, graphic language will be used. More like anatomical language. (laughs) Right. And honestly, I don't even know if I'm going to say if you have kids in the room, you need to do earbuds because these are all words I hear you should use the correct words for all of the parts of the body anyway. (laughs) So we're not cussing here, She's going to say things like your pee-pee. Your your (laughs) hoo-ha. No, I'm just kidding. We'll use actual language. So if that's something that freaks you out as a mom and you have a kid that repeats everything inappropriately 12 times, you can earbuds it. But if that if that bothers you, but we're we're releasing her to use the anatomically correct terms. Okay. So with all that said, buckle up your vaginas. <laughs> yeah. And let's get started. Let's talk about the pelvis. Okay. So tell us a little bit, Melissa, just to get started, about your background, how you got passionate about this, what you do for work. Yeah. yeah so I am a physiotherapist, and I have to say so. We, up in Canada, we refer to ourselves as physiotherapists, whereas down there, um, you guys say um, physical therapists, but it's the same profession. Okay. We just say it differently. Um, but yes, we all start off as physical therapists, um, but then something pushes us into this area, and usually it's having babies, <laughs> because um, we don't learn a lot about this in our regular physical therapy training, where it's touched on, but until you go through it yourself and realize, wow, there's way more to this um, than what I learned. That's usually kind of, you know, something that pushes us into this area. But basically, we receive extra um, advanced training that really allows us to focus on the pelvis. Mm -hmm. And um, our area of physio um, also incorporates the pelvic floor, which most people don't realize is just another group of muscles. It just happens to be hidden inside the pelvis. But these muscles behave like all the other muscles that you actually can see on the outside of your body. So that is a lot of what we do is um, um, look at and assess and treat the muscles on the inside of the pelvic floor. This is so fascinating. We had a friend that we just ran into and we said, our next topic is going to be about the pelvic floor. Oh, pelvic floor exercises. (laughs) Pelvic floor exercises. And she goes, so she does like floor exercises for, and we're like, no. But maybe. it's (laughs) It's inside of your body. It's a thing. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and um, it's crazy that we don't even there's, it depends how you count the muscles. But I've seen, you know, anywhere from 14 to 18 muscles inside. I mean, people have the same muscles, it just depends how you count the muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, but 18 muscles, I mean, how do we just ignore those? When when you come to see us, we ask um, many personal questions. We ask about your peeing habits, your pooping habits, um, orgasm, you know, is you know, is, is intercourse painful? Do you achieve orgasm? You know, all sorts of different things that most women aren't used to being asked. And that I think everyone assumes that doctors and gynecologists are dealing with, but what you have to keep in mind that what they have in their toolbox are medications and surgery, right? Mm -hmm. But the muscles inside the pelvis, the pelvic floor play a huge role in controlling all those bodily functions. Really? 
And that's, yes. And that's what, that's what we treat. We treat the muscles. And so this is definitely becoming a more you know up and coming area of physio because everyone's like, wait a minute, we forgot about all those uh, muscles inside and look at the roles that they have. Um, but yeah, I mean, and please don't feel like any question is stupid because this, these are the same questions I answer every day. And that's why I'm always so eager to do something like this, just to get the awareness out there. Okay. Yeah. I don't understand how it's related to orgasm. Okay. So basically the pelvic floor has a few um, main roles. One is to keep us from leaking. They literally form a great big bowl at the bottom of our pelvis and they act like when they contract, they act like the clamp on a hose to stop you from leaking. So um, leaking that's one meaning thing like do. pee? Leaking pee. Okay. Leaking pee and poo. Okay. Right. Oh. So they, they close off the Important. openings of your yeah, of of your anus and of your urethra, which is the tube that carries your pee, right? Yes. Um, they also help hold up all your organs, your vagina, your uterus, your rectum, your bladder. So they have a big role in supporting all those. Um, they also make sure that intercourse is both pleasurable so that you can achieve orgasm but also that that like intercourse doesn't hurt so it's that you not actually have okay that makes sense so it's more it's less about like causing you to have that but it's more about like if it's hurting you it's not going to well, be enjoyable yeah, so, at all well some, yeah so sometimes the muscles can be too tight which would usually people would describe painful intercourse um sometimes they can be you kind of not have enough tone to them and people would describe that they don't have enough pleasure from having intercourse and you know women if if you've experienced orgasm it's it's a quivering feeling correct it's 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 necessary for the muscles of the pelvic floor to be able to contract and relax to be able to experience orgasm so that's one of the things that they play a huge role in um, but also just giving our our body a lot of stability so they have a huge role in the core and Meaning then like your abdominals also to, or is there more uh, yeah, to the that? pelvic floor is actually—it's a little bit more of a deeper core, okay. a deeper automatic core. I want to say a core that you don't aren't supposed to think about because it's doing all of this behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? I'm so glad you're yeah. talking about this, and I'm not having to. <laughs> Shaylee's yeah. a, a very I've, timid, timid I've, little flower. Oh, I've successfully well, not said any of the words while well, using no, indirect well, statements, and, and then I just had to like take my sweater off. And I'm like, and I'm so glad you were like, right. I'm like, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's, and that's what a lot of women, um, they just, I want to say suffer in silence because yeah. they don't talk about these problems and you have no idea, you know, the effect of, um, that these issues have on relationships or have on, um, women's self-esteem. Well, I'd listen or... to this podcast in secret. Like I want the information. It's just yeah. uncomfortable for me to talk about. I, I feel very comfortable. Katie's very comfortable. And, you got one of each. <laughs> but then, but then, just realizing that because women don't want to bring this up to their doctors, um, so no. they often don't. They just assume they're the only ones that are dealing with it, or this is part of being a mom, or what have you. And so um, they don't know that they can get help with this. And when you come to see one of, uh, you know, one of us pelvic health physiotherapists or physical therapists, we are happy to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. So. It's kind of a, you know, open door policy and let's talk this through and let's help you. Right. With you all issues. know what you're signing up for when you walk in the door yeah. instead of like, oh, I didn't know we were going here. I didn't yeah, know we were exactly. going here. Yeah. So are we oh to assume that the most common pattern is that you kind of have a healthy pelvic floor and then you give birth and it's no longer healthy and then you kind of reconstruct yes. it until it's healthy? 
Well, that's a good question. So, you, you, yes, most of these muscles, I mean, you're usually born with the ability to not leak and to, you know, enjoy your intercourse and have your organs held up, all of that. And yes, pregnancy and, and delivering babies is a huge shock to the system. And often um, things show up after pregnancy, but it can be any, I see a lot of women that have never had pregnancies. I mean, it can be just from the activities that they do. You know, you see a lot of um, very athletic women that maybe, you know, their, their pelvic floors are taking a lot of impact or you know, just things that they do over and over with their body. Sometimes it's postural, you know, how, if you sit all day for your job and you're sitting on your pelvic floor, um, Where if you it? have been in a car okay, accident, yeah. Let's, okay. if, if, if you're holding a Barbie doll, <laughs> Yeah. Where or maybe yeah. you need like a chart at okay. the gynecologist. Where I'm looking, is I'm googling it. I'm going to give every is, listener a second yeah. to google the pelvic floor. So where is it on a chart? The pelvic floor like, literally like it? it's, it's it's you're sitting on it. There the pel it's too bad that we can't show pictures here but your pelvis looks like a great big um bowl. Yeah, so your pelvis um, is basically like the hip type bones that go around and connect. Yeah, and there's a big bowl that makes up the, you know, that your hips come off of and that your rib cage kind of sits on top of. There's a big bowl and the pelvic floor, like just, Mm. we just had Halloween. Picture a great big bowl, a Halloween bowl that you put your treats in. We Googled it. Um, Okay, so. Sitting at the very bottom are all the muscles. Okay. They make up the floor. So basically, okay, so the bones come around in a circle like your pelvic bones and the pelvic yes. floor is basically like a woven muscle it's like a bowl that connects the big hole exactly. that the baby comes through. You'll often, yeah, you'll often hear it referred to as a hammock or a basket that sits at the bottom. Well, I'm a yeah. professional, and your baby passes through those muscles. Oh, oh. Yeah. Google a picture. It's not. It's it's all drawings. It's nothing scary. And it's too bad that this stuff, you know, I think we'll start to learn a little bit more and more about it in school and everything, but it's such a, it's such an important group of muscles that control such important bodily functions. Yes. And it's funny that nobody knows anything about it, isn't Literally, it? Literally, Katie's had four kids and I'm didn't like, how know what I, it was. This is the first time I've I'm, I c- I'm looking at that, is the bowl um, in between, and it's basically like if the baby barely fits through the bones, that means the baby's head is just like destroying that hammock. Well, and those muscles are meant to, you know, pregnancy and delivering babies are miraculous things that happen. And um, our body is meant to deliver babies. It's just that, um, and some women don't have issues after. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that just because you have a baby means that everything's a train wreck after. But but the majority of women have at least one issue after that they're just living with. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. Is it possible, because I always thought, I've heard about it, like the pelvic floor specialist that you can go see if, you know, whatever. But I think I always thought it was like, if you have a baby and then afterwards you pee all over yourself and you feel like your organs are falling out, then you go see a pelvic floor therapist and they help you for next time. I never thought the way, and I don't know if I necessarily have issues or not, but I'm currently pregnant with my second. And I feel like after the pregnancy... It was like fine. I didn't feel like I was like falling, you know, my organs were falling out or anything. But now that I'm pregnant again, I'm feeling like, oh my goodness, I feel like I'm in the very end of my third trimester. I feel worse now at 23 weeks than I did a week after my due date. Last time. Yes. And often, yes, often the effects of pregnancy are compounding, not always, but a lot of women feel that is that, okay, now the second pregnancy or the third pregnancy and man, now I feel it. 
Yeah. But if, let me just give you a little bit of a, so, um, you know, the, I kind of touched on it, but the, the issues or the symptoms that people tend to come see us for are leaking. Yes, their organs feel like they're falling out. Any type of vaginal pain, the feeling their core is weak, abdominal separation, um, pain anywhere down there essentially, but low back pain. Anyway, so a lot of women will come to us after pregnancy with any of those symptoms, okay? okay. Whether they've heard from friends or they've Googled or their midwife or their doctor has sent them. But I'm starting to see way more women come in during pregnancy and they say it might not be because they're having symptoms. I mean, obviously sometimes they are, but sometimes it's, you know, Melissa, I've heard that there's things we can do preventatively yes. to stay on top of this, right? And And so a lot of it is, let's talk a little bit about maybe things that you could change about your posture that would make your pelvic floor work automatically better for you. What exercises could you do down there? Because I would say another common misconception is that all we teach is Kegels, right? Yeah. That's and the only, I, literally that's the yeah, joke that Katie and I were like, let's start doing them. Yeah. And that that's all we do is teach Kegels. <clears throat> but all a Kegel is, is tightening the pelvic floor, like um, squeezing the muscles, but like every other muscle in your body, the pelvic floor needs to know how to let go too, right? Okay. And there's a certain, the pelvic floor, and now that you've looked at that picture, you can imagine because it sits at the bottom of our pelvis, it needs to be very um, like shock absorbing, or, um, I always tell people to think of it like a trampoline. Mm -hmm. It needs to be very bouncy to take up the slack or to take up the tension that you're putting through it on a day to day basis. So it needs to be very movable. And some people are just not movable, whether they be, um, they're, you know, too relaxed and they don't have enough bounce to them, or maybe they're way too tense. And you see that way more often than you think is that people's pelvic floor muscles are very tense and therefore not very forgiving or very bouncy and that you're having symptoms, um, as a result of that. And if you think about it, you don't want a really tense pelvic floor going into delivering a baby, right? No. And so, no, we're not teaching a lot of Kegels during pregnancy more than anything teaching, okay, this is what it would feel like to relax those muscles. These are images I want you to have in your head for relaxing those muscles so that when you actually go to push out your baby, that's what you're doing, not just creating mm. tension down there that the baby has to push through. And so, uh, so is it Kegel? Is that the appropriate way to say it? A key, yes. A Kegel would be the, the tightening of and it. And so yes. that would essentially be the feeling of like, if you had to pee really bad and you were trying to like hold it in. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then or, what's or the opposite? Everyone just did one. Everyone listening just, okay. The opposite. Yeah. How would the we relax? Opposite, so the description that I use, like picture that bowl that you saw on the, the bowl of the muscles or the basket of muscles you saw. So when you're doing a Kegel, I tell people to picture that, you know, you're, you're squeezing together your clitoris, your anus, and your two sit bones, and you're pulling them up. Okay. So it's not just, it's not just like at, at the vagina that you're trying to lift. You're trying to lift in a bigger area than you probably are picturing. So lift from all of those four points, squeeze and lift. And then to relax, you're thinking about dropping and widening all those points. And my favorite cue is to drop and open your sit bones and open your anus and that usually is the best cue. Keep your anus closed for. while you're in room with Katie. You guys are going to love that one, right? <laughs> yeah. um, we're both, we're that, trying. We're uh, actively trying. Yeah. We're actively listening. <laughs> and I would say that um, most women have difficulty with that. And um, 
so many of them, that's why they come and they say, I feel, don't feel like I know how to control those muscles. Because keep in mind, those muscles are very reflexive normally. You're not supposed to have to think about them. Right. And we don't normally squeeze and relax them during the day. But sometimes if you're having problems, you need to spend some time working on it or exaggerating it so that, that the system becomes a bit more efficient. So I have a question. Sense. Yeah. We're going to act, this is not personal. It's just, I've heard other people talk about it. Yeah. Um, I know a friend that was telling me about this specific, no, but would it be your pelvic floor? Like, so like right after you've had a baby, not even right after, but like the next like couple weeks or whatever, the first or second time you go to like poo or have a bowel movement, we're going to use Shaley's terms on this. Yeah. Um, like the feeling of like everything's going to just explode, yes. like drop out from under me. Yeah. yeah. Like where it's like, that doesn't feel normal. It feels like everything's going to, like if I try to strain or push anything, it's yes. all, the bottom's going to fall it's out. Literally. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's, you, that's the you're feeling, floor. yeah, you're feeling your pelvic floor not support you. I mean, it's just been through a lot, right? And is that and, normal or does that mean like it yeah, would be damaged? That's, normal. For that's that all friend. stuff that we okay. do in, when we see people during pregnancy is it, I go over that. I go over what it feels like to tighten those muscles, what it feels to relax, talk about that first poo and, you know, things to think about in order to um, make it less scary, if you will. But yes, I find that so much of this is just um, the unknown. And if women have some of these tools going into it, it's a bit less scary because people don't give you these tips after. No. Um, It's a bit less scary and, and give you a bit of control over a scary situation. Yeah. Um. If you, during delivery, if you have to have stitches, yeah, does that affect the pelvic floor or does that it just... That is your pelvic floor. That's essentially, <gasps> that's essentially part of your pelvic floor that they're stitching. Yeah. The perineum. So okay. where they're stitching, I mean, it depends where you tear, but most often it's into the perineum down right. towards the anus. Okay. And um, right. yes, so that is part of the pelvic floor. And often what happens, because it's common for women to either tear or have a bit of an episiotomy, an episiotomy. during yeah. delivering, delivering a baby, but um, it's, 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 that scar tissue will, you know, the, the tissue will heal and the muscle will heal, but sometimes it doesn't heal as strongly and as, as regular tissue or regular muscle. And it's a point of least resistance, right? It becomes right. a little bit um, less strong and, and maybe you tear in the same place the next time. Um, or Do you it just ever doesn't... not tear in the same place the next time? <laughs> yeah. to me, or, or it doesn't feel the same after a lot of women will say it just always has hurt down there or it doesn't feel as movable. But but again, yeah, you know, learning to massage after the stitches are gone, learning to massage the area and learning to get it moving again is very beneficial in healing the pelvic okay. floor. What on earth does that look like? And is there a statute of limitations to, <laughs> to how long that that's helpful for? <laughs> well, that's all stuff that, I mean, it's really hard for me to guide someone online because I don't necessarily know someone's right. exact situation. But basically after the stitches are gone, then um, I tell women to get down into that area where you had the, you know, the scar and just gently move it. it and that's from the outside? Like, I can't, um, I'm so, this is so foreign. Yeah, it I'm would be it like, would be from the outside. It's the space. Usually, it'll be the how, space what's between the alternative? your vagina. Uh, well, like if it's if the stitches are right at the thing, you could like do the out and the inside if you were like you could exactly think of it like a balloon yeah. or something. Yeah. 
from the out you can do it kind of from the outside and the inside oh too, this is exactly. while the this is while the stitches are still in no once you no, take them no, out no you have to let it heal oh first. my gosh have you had stitches <laughs> katie don't, i have don't, vile don't over have your face scar when your stitches are in. <laughs> But this is all stuff. Most women aren't comfortable with this, and this is this is all this is all information that that we help with and that we do too. Because you're in the same boat as most women. They they say I don't want to touch down there, but we go over it with you so that it's not so scary. Um, well, but, I would but, say yeah. I didn't want to touch down there, but as someone who had a slight episiotomy, like a second degree or whatever, I would say it was like it was a solid year before, before I felt like yeah. this isn't horrible like I feel like it's at least somewhat into a new normal but it was a long process and part of that's the reason why I waited three years before getting pregnant again because I was like I do not want to go through that again and then imagine if you were someone and I don't know if you are but there's a lot of women that are very high level athletes and if you don't that remember that that pelvic floor is supposed to be very um dynamic or movable like a trampoline and if 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 whether it be scar tissue or too much tension in those muscles, it's not letting it bounce as much. Think about how their recovery back to their activities or especially running is a big one that women want to do after, um, you know, or hit classes like high intensity workouts or boot camps. Think about all the pressure that they're putting through that group of muscles and it's not really quite movable enough or it's not healed enough. And sometimes that's when the problems will show up is, you know, you haven't really done your due diligence as to actually making those muscles support you as well as they should. And then you start putting a lot of load on them. Yeah. Or you, I don't know, sneeze. Totally. That's exactly (laughs) it is anytime you put your, your baby gets heavier and you're lifting your baby. The problems don't always show up right after. Sometimes it's years after, or sometimes it's during menopause that it shows up. And all of these things are things that, you know what, maybe if we could have just done them preventatively, you know, we wouldn't have had so many problems. That's so interesting. Okay. I've never thought about it as like, preventative things well think about it's funny because um you know think about if you i don't know if you've had any family members any parents that have had to have a hip or knee replacement i mean physio strengthening is such a big part of the the lead up and the recovery what about this what about having a baby i mean why is there no why is there no lead up or Mm -hmm. any recovery um and then we and then look at the activities i mean women are very motivated to lose weight after they have babies and what what do most of those activities look like jumping running um as if you'd go jump and run on a new knee without doing any strengthening right or any rehab just kind of send you out into the world i believe there was a conversation (laughs) with my doctor i have a different one this time but uh where i was like is it ever going to be normal again and she said some people get used to it and it was like the most like depressing thing ever like my life is over and that I got into this area after I had my first child and I felt like that was the message and I wasn't okay with that I mean I you know I I am not a high level athlete, but I'm a very active person and I wasn't willing to give up everything I wanted to do. I didn't want to pee my pants forever. I didn't want to feel my body was broken. That just wasn't okay. And you speak with most women that have, have worked with a pelvic health physio who are 
just even it doesn't mean you have to work with someone forever i've seen someone i've seen women often once just to explain things and then they get their head wrapped around it and they're like okay that makes sense why i'm feeling this and i can actually do something about it i mean yeah. it's not as much hands on of course there's some hands on treatment but it's more about explaining you know a way to a way to move again and a way to get your pelvic floor to move again it's it's not seeing someone for life hmm. okay so, so- yeah. This is like maybe a specific question. I don't know who it could like relate to directly, but is it ever too late to like, is there, is there a point in which it's too late to start looking into problems? I mean, you even mentioned menopause, so I'm guessing no, but like, let's say some, like if Katie was like, I've had four kids and my youngest one's over a year old. Like, is it like, I I wish I would have known about that before I got pregnant the first time. Yeah, so I see lots of women that are, it's funny, I see a lot of women that are, um, kids are, the youngest one is just going into school now, and that, and they, th- they think, you know what, it's finally my time to think about me. That's what I see often. And so their they're baby's five, you know, in school oh, wow. now. But yes, a lot of women showing up during menopause, um, our body goes through many hormonal changes during menopause. And with those hormonal changes, some of these sim- symptoms start to show up. So menopause is a common time for women to come in. I have women that are in their 70s and 80s on my caseload. And some of them, um, like usually what happens is that all of these symptoms that we treat, like I said, leaking, organs falling out which is called prolapse um those so are the kind they, of big, sorry do the organs literally can they literally and, fall yes out? they can be anything from just feeling heavy in there or kind of funny pee habits or funny poo habits to they literally are coming out of the vaginal open or the anal opening and oh my gosh okay. yeah, and those ones like believe me i am not uh, with a, as a physio i'm not sucking those organs back up that is not in my wheelhouse that's like a those surgical ones need surgery yes problem but, okay Usually what's happening, and I'm, I'm, I am generalizing a little bit between our two countries here, and I think that it's pretty well the same where you are too, is that women have these problems. Often they don't see anything. Finally, if they do say something or maybe they get to the point where it bothers them, they bring it up to their doctor, and often they're sent straight to see a specialist who does surgery, who you know, a mm-hmm. surgeon, right. and that that's their, that's their option that they are given. Or it's, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, honey, you've had a baby and this is part of, you know, being a mom. Suck it up. Get used to it, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Suck those and so, organs back up. Yeah. And so women are starting to not take that as, you know, the only option. And Google's out yeah. there now. so people. It's because of Google. <laughs> we have Google and we have podcasts. Yeah. A lot of women hear things through, I read it online or I heard from my friend and that's what brings them in. And they say, I just didn't want to start with surgery. So, um, yeah. And I always tell women, I say, it's never too late because even if you did, I see lots of women that I think, you know, I think, you know what, I think you do need a surgery if you want to deal with your symptoms. But that I always say to them, you're not wasting your time putting some of the work into it before because all it does is make your surgery more successful. If I link it back to the knee replacement again, do you think if you do the, you know, some strengthening and, and work before and do the rehab after that you'll have a more successful knee replacement? Yes. Right. Yeah. Same as yeah. this. If you do, um, if it's an issue with your pelvic floor and maybe it's not supporting you well enough, or maybe you're doing certain things like the way you do your exercise or the way you lift your kids is not favorable to the pressure going down through your pelvis. Even if you do the surgery, you haven't fixed those two problems. Do you know what I mean? Your pelvic floor right. might still be weak 
you know, basically in the surgery, they would put the organs um, kind of support them, but they don't necessarily change the strength of the pelvic floor. They can't in a right. surgery. They can't right? make your muscle better. Yeah. In, and they yeah, can't surgery. change the way you're exercising or change the way maybe you're breathing that creates more pressure. All of that is stuff that you need to change. And so even if, even if you are a surgical candidate, there's still so many things you can do to make sure your surgery is successful. That's really yeah. good. Okay, so I have a, a mind tease for you. Yeah. Let's see if you can solve this. <laughs> um, I'm feeling kind of vulnerable, so if I have a vulnerability hangover and decide to cut this later, because I've never talked Katie about this I public. Katie and I have talked about it privately, and we both said, we're never going to talk about our issues, though, yeah. unless we're really <laughs> feeling it. But I feel like you brought it all up. I know. I feel like if I don't <coughs> ask you, I'll, I'll always be like, I should have asked. Yeah. Um, so... Let me tell you if this, ask, tell me if this has ever happened before. Has anyone ever had an unhealthy pelvic floor and then like way too tight or whatever? Um, and then after pregnancy, it actually helped Like having heal the it. baby. Yeah, like actually. Yeah, that, that totally can out. happen. I mean, so, yeah, sometimes I see a lot of women that come in before they've had babies and pelvic floor tension is a common thing that will bring women in. And often it's that they're having very painful intercourse or maybe they're peeing. Uh-huh. They're peeing. <laughs> yeah, they're peeing a lot. Like they're only supposed to pee about five to seven times in the day. And some women are going every hour, every half an hour. And that's not normal, right? You're, hmm, or maybe yeah. they have tons of bladder infections or tons of yeast infections. Anyway, all symptoms that would suggest that maybe you have a lot of tension in your pelvic floor and yeah sometimes delivering a baby just with all that stretch that happens can change the resting tone of it a little bit and yeah maybe it does improve your symptoms I would say that's a bit of an exception I would say most women after say that um, they have more um, negative symptoms I would say but definitely I mean there's no there's no two people the same (laughs) that's the thing right? right We can all. I guess I'm just wondering, like, poor, I was like, poor virginal new bride wondering yeah. why everything hurts so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then every doctor telling me, eh, I don't, you know, it's it all looks, head. it all checks out. Just yes. try to relax. Have some wine. I'm wondering, <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> um, and I'm wondering if I had learned more about the pelvic floor, if there was any action steps you would have been able to give me. Yes. And so, or at least just tell me like, oh, it is that though. Yes. You know? Yes. And so I always say, you know, basically women that are having issues with tampon use that have pain with, um, um, internal vaginal exams, intercourse is a big one. All of those are suggestive of having a lot of tension in there. And so, yes, what we would work on is not only give some stretches, but give exercises usually timed with our breathing that help to decrease the tension in the pelvic floor muscles. Sometimes there's other things going on, whether it be their nervous system is so um, amped up that they have a hard time relaxing. We'll, you know, give strategies to help decrease the nervous system involvement, which also increases the tension in the muscles, right? So it's all stuff that we take into account because there's not usually just one reason. I We know that people don't wake up in the morning and say, okay, here's my tight pelvic floor. Um, it's usually something that you're doing that you don't really realize. And we talked about it before. There's so much information out there that says you're supposed to do this many Kegels a day and you're supposed to always be doing your Kegels. It's not great information. Are you supposed to walk around with your fist clenched all day? No. 
And this is just another group of muscles. It doesn't make sense to tense them all day long. And with a lot of pelvic floor tension, like muscle tension can, can come pain or can come the feeling of pressure or can come leaking. A lot of women leak from a tight pelvic floor. So what they instinctly do is hold more tension because they think something's mm. going to fall out, right? What? And it's just kind of a perpetual cycle that you know, that those muscles need to learn how to relax a bit. And it's amazing how quickly some women can see an improvement in their symptoms by just learning that they're not supposed to hold a constant Kegel. Hmm. Oh my goodness. If I had a leaky pee problem, I know I would just tense up like a right. Exactly. That's, that's, that's habit. And, and again, remember these muscles are supposed to be very, <laughs> these muscles are very, automatic or reflexive so you don't normally you don't have to think about them in your day right and so all of a sudden when you're having a problem the instinct is to tighten yeah well not even not to think about them but not even know what it is yeah exactly. like i feel like if i would have heard this before like if if my 18 year old shaley could have heard this before marriage and babies and the whole mm-hmm. thing I would have been like, at least I know it's there and could be a problem (laughs) to ask about. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you can imagine, I mean, it's already an area that's an unknown, untalked about zone, right? And so I feel like it kind of becomes, I talk to many women who say that I've grown up um, learning that, you know, intercourse and my sexuality is only for the bedroom and only for the purpose of um, making children, right? And so Mm -hmm. I think of that area as something that I'm not supposed to talk about and that I'm not supposed to think about or, you know, and and so anything that's going wrong, what do you think it's going to do? It's going to create tension, Correct. I mean, on mm-hmm. a lot of times, it's just it becomes an area of their body that they don't um, think of positively, and they and that would create tension in those muscles, just like just like anywhere else in your body. And more problems. Yeah, and more problems. Yeah. Ah. Okay, I'm going to ask another question about the orgasm. This is Shaylee talking. No, yeah. this is definitely Katie. <laughs> Shaylee is going to be. Shaylee is going to be tensed pelvic floor yeah. over here in the in the corner listening. Yeah. Hey, you know, we can decide to cut whatever we want later, but yeah. we probably won't. Um, I'm feeling braver as I listen to Melissa talk so I know. Yeah. Flowering. <laughs> but I do feel like coming from someone who was like, oh, it doesn't hurt anymore, um, <laughs> like that's enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's just interesting to hear you talk about like, um, I don't know. I, I I guess it's just I need to reframe yeah, my brain. Yeah, but but it is supposed to be pleasurable, and 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 sometimes it's a matter of not having the right amount of tension in the muscles. And again, there can be other things that are going on as well, but that's a big one. Is is mm-hmm. just um, the 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 tone of the muscles. When you, simply the tone of the muscles is not allowing for pleasure and or for orgasm to even come. Right. So yeah. It's, so then the, you you would say, and here's the exercise you do. Well, basically, so so I don't know, I should have, I should explain that we actually do an internal exam. So when we, yeah, to feel the pelvic floor, we put a glove on, we use the lubricant and we go into the vaginal opening or into the anal opening if we need, because uh, I didn't even talk about tailbone pain is another big one, but we treat that. Oh my gosh, I had so um, much. Yeah. So we would go, usually we go in through the anus to treat the tailbone. Okay. So uh, the pelvic floor muscles. How does that feel for the patient? (laughs) Yeah. The pelvic floor muscles attach onto the tailbone. Bone. so that's what we okay yeah my yeah. tailbone hurts right now like horribly yeah. yeah but if somebody said let me just slip in through the anus <laughs> yeah. and do an exam that sounds like 
the scariest yeah, thing. Yeah, it, it, of course it does. Ever. I mean, um, I know I always tell people I am never going to make you do anything just because you come see me doesn't mean I'm going to do that. I'm going to explain right. everything and explain why <laughs> I think it would be beneficial. I don't know what happened. It's like an alien <laughs> abduction. Like, and, now and we're going to prove you. Yeah, depending on the person and their pelvis, sometimes you can get to it from the vaginal opening. But I usually tell women, I find it, I personally find it hard to, to, properly treat the muscles around the tailbone without going mm-hmm. in through the anus but i feel like i've gotten off track i was going to answer something about oh, oh yes internal exam. To, to internal actually, exam to actually feel what the muscles are doing that's why it's hard to give broad information sometimes because you never really know what someone's pelvic floor is doing until you feel it again if you came to me and said melissa i have a knee problem i would look at your knee and i would feel your knee right and mm-hmm, so right. i need to feel your muscles and they're 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 impossible to feel from the outside uh, all of them so we go in through the vagina and then we will feel with all of those muscles feel like and and then when we would ask you to do a kegel or a contraction and feel what it's supposed to feel like and remember there's so many muscles in there and there's a coordination that you're looking for a, you know a certain feeling of a squeeze and lift and that they're all actually contributing properly and then can you effectively relax and that's often one of the first things that I work on with people is just making sure their pelvic floor muscles can actually move because remember they're supposed to be able to bounce and have a certain amount of movement to them and most people don't have enough movement to their pelvic floor this is so interesting and i know yeah. we're asking we're asking very specific questions no. <laughs> but i think though just even like i think the examination would be so important because like when you're saying is your pelvic floor tense is your pelvic i'm like i didn't even know I had exactly. Pelvic floor tense 20, <laughs> exactly 20 minutes ago yeah, so i'm going to be honest i have no idea you tell me <laughs> like it's the kind of thing you would have to be like does it feel tense exactly it feel and you relax don't, I, there's there's women that come in and i can i uh, we ask a pretty de- we ask some pretty detailed questions and the reason we ask them is it's giving us an idea of what your pelvic floor is doing and i mm-hmm. usually have an idea formed in my head of you know my client that comes in and she's describing to me her symptoms and I have a pretty good idea of what's going on. And if, and sometimes it surprises me, I go in and I think, wow, nothing you described is what I'm feeling. So it, it, it's so beneficial to do that internal exam. And I think a lot of women, women assume that when they're going for their postpartum checkup at six weeks, that that's what their doctor or midwife is looking for, but they're not. And, and, and again, I'm generalizing, but most of these docs are not trained to assess the muscles. They're looking at different things. And so, um, there's a huge group of muscles in there too. And, and, and sometimes you need to be an advocate for yourself and just take that on as, you know what, I'm going to go get this looked at instead of assuming that they will send you if you have a problem, because that would be an exception, a big exception. Mm -hmm. That's so, that's so good. I would say that was more my experience was I felt like something's not right. Yeah. And then when I went to my six week checkup, my doctor used the words healed beautifully. Yes. Um, and I'm like, good for you. Your stitches were great. Yes. Good for you. Yes. You did your job. And, and that, but it doesn't yes. feel like it healed. Like something's not exactly. correct. And that's mm. exactly, you're right. That's exactly what they are assessing is is yeah. is that but um if something doesn't feel right then listen to that and 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 let a lot of women come to me and they say oh melissa man i i was given the green light to resume activity but what does that mean i mean 
if you are someone and your goal is to garden at home, your goal might be very different than someone that's planning to run a marathon next month. Uh, yeah, right. And, and just yeah. think about the demands on the system. And again, no two pregnancies are the same and no two recoveries are the same. But basically, I would just say that that's kind of your biggest indicator is if something doesn't feel right, don't ignore it because it's not necessarily going to go away. It might show up later. Um, but I would say, again, too, I mean, you know, if even if something, every, everything feels okay and you're wanting to just, you know, be as healthy as you can and make sure that you're take care of your pelvic floor as long as you can, it does not hurt to go see someone preventatively. Yeah, well, I was going to take us away from babies a second if anyone's, if anyone's still hanging with us and doesn't plan on ever having kids. <laughs> yeah. This one's for you. Thanks for hanging out with us for this long. Um, but, yeah, let's say someone's... Brian. Brian. <laughs> Let's hope there's not, like, I don't know, a guy could still be hanging with us. Um, but let's say someone hasn't had kids yet, or they're like, I don't even know if I want kids, or I for sure don't want kids. Um, there's still so many good reasons why they could need a pelvic yeah. floor therapist. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, there's been lots of women that have come in, and often it's bladder issues. They Either they are having, um, you know, funny bladder symptoms. When I say funny, they're peeing all the time. Maybe it hurts to pee. Um, they have a hard time starting their pee. They're getting up a lot in the night to pee. Those can all be um, issues related to the pelvic floor and just to, you know, bladder brain habits. Um, but I had one girl that's coming to mind for some reason. She had never had kids. She was in her 30s, and she peed the bed at night. And, um, you know, it can be something like that. I mean, babies are not the only reason. Of course, that's a huge um, reason that people might have problems, but is not the only reason. We treat men too, by the way. Men have pelvic floors. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, men have pelvic floors? Brian, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. I know men have pelvic floors. They go through usually. I didn't, I didn't know I had a pelvic floor. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Well, yeah. everyone has like pelvic bones. Right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Pelvis. It's got to be their organs, internal organs, got to be hold up. Everybody pees. Yeah. They have an anus. Exactly. They have an anus. Shaley's an anus. Look at, y'all. Look at you guys are using the words now. You can, you can you've inserted those into your vocabulary today. I mm-hmm. ended with anus. Yes, definitely. Um, okay, so practically, just break trying to break it down. This may or may not be even answerable. So you tell us, Melissa. Yeah. But what are practical tips? We'll stick with women since we've talked about a lot of birth. But what are practical tips that people or women could do, like, before they've had kids? And then, like, is there anything you can do during well, pregnancy or after to help? You know, I, I feel like this is a huge – I could talk about this for years. It's a big question. But you know what? That's why I started – I don't know if you guys have seen the um, Instagram page or Facebook page that I started. It's called Mummy Berries. And I yes. literally post something every day that answers that. So, you know, whether I posted one the other day sitting on a toilet talking about your first poo after having a baby. Um, I'll talk about bladder infections. Like I post something every day just to answer questions that I'm asked on a daily basis. So um, I don't even know where to start with that one because I feel like there are so many tips and tricks that if you just understand you're like oh it's something you could incorporate in your day but um yeah i'm I'm tempted to just direct people there because um yeah that's a great that's great yeah that's i post stuff that has to do with pregnancy postpartum and anything to do with your pelvic floor or you know post baby definitely yeah so if somebody brings up some questions to a doctor and they feel like not that doctor we love doctors of course yeah exactly but if they feel like 
I wasn't heard. Either, yeah, like, I don't know if they under, if I communicated that correctly yeah. to where they interpreted it and pointed me in the right direction. Yeah. Or I've even heard, I told someone we were interviewing, I told someone, a doctor, we were interviewing and they go, oh, but not during your pregnancy. That's something that would be like for after. Yeah. And I'm like, and that would from a doctor. So like, I don't like from you. I know. Like, are, are you the person that somebody would need to reach out to like from then or are there totally different ways? You know what I mean? Cause you hear like the natural, all natural doctors I that know. do diet and supplements and that kind of stuff or a pelvic floor therapist. I know. Or- and that's what I'm finding is the message that most of my clients have is that like, Melissa, I'm so confused about what I'm supposed to do because there's no, yeah. there's no con, we don't have a contractor. Do you know what I mean? There's no, yeah. It's like advocate for I yourself. Know. I'm like, but where? Cause I the know. internet is scary sometimes. And that's the thing. And that's what you, you kind of have to do your own research. <laughs> and that's the problem is that we all kind of have our niche, right? You have to ask yeah. around a little bit. You need to do some research um, because you you don't have a contractor, you're kind of your own contractor, I find. And again, I'm, and I think traditionally our family doctors used to be that, but, um, and again, I'm not trying to take anything away from them. They can only do so much too. Right. Right. They specialize in a certain they specialize, type of, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, I feel like things are changing a little bit these days and people have more options because we all, you know, work in a slightly different area. I know what you mean though. And and that's, I don't know how to answer that properly without just, you know, do your own research and, and make your own decisions. And if sometimes you might need to go, a lot of these practitioners, you know, will do free consultations or you can, you know, you can go have one appointment and you decide yourself. I always tell people, you're not going to hurt my feelings. If you don't come back, this is what I have to offer. And if you, if it doesn't sit well with you, that's cool. Yeah. So no, I think that's, I think that's really good. That's a good point. Um, and I think the internet, like there's a good chance a lot of people are going to stumble like they'll Google random things yeah. and find podcasts. And I bet <laughs> keywording this one, <laughs> there's a lot of people who probably just stumbled upon it from being like, what is happening Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. to myself where exactly. there's information out there. You just kind of have to take the next step to search for it and reach out because there are so many people yeah. who can help you. That's the thing. And, and I, I, do, I, I do find that confusing in my own life too. I don't necessarily know who to see all the time, but you know, I just do some research. I, look and see what they have to offer. I find out what, you know, is there any evidence to support what they're doing? And what sometimes I'm at the point where I'm like, it doesn't hurt to try. In, in response to this, because I feel like there's so much unknown and people are, women are constantly asking for guidance. I, I, in response to a bunch of my clients coming in and saying, Melissa, I don't know where to start postpartum. I've created an online program for new moms. Um, Love it. That's basically you know, this is where you should start after you've had a baby or this would be a place to start. And it's just, it's a six week program. You work through at your own pace and it gives not, I'll sit there with the model and the pelvic floor and explain a little bit about some of the changes that your body has actually been through. But then every week, just some tips, like this is how you should stand and carry your baby. When you squat down to pick up your laundry basket, this is how you can get your pelvic floor working with you. Um, This is how you can start to get those core muscles working in everyday activities Mm. in a very gentle way so that when you do get back to whatever exercise you want to do things are not the wheels are not falling off the bus um Uh, so you're not doing anything to cause more damage so it's just it's it's basically I just felt like there were so many moms saying I don't know what to do please help me maybe you know they they don't have pelvic floor physios around them or they can't afford it or they don't have insurance it's a very affordable program that women don't have to say no because of cost and it's just 
I feel like if any, you know, either it'll help them or it'll give them enough information to know that they should see someone. So yeah, or like if I am like I feel comfortable with Melissa, but she lives in Canada. Yeah, and and you know but how least, am I gonna? Yeah, whatever. all the way through the program, I say true. if you're having, if you're experiencing this, this, and this, go see someone. You know, and yeah, yeah. So I um I would love if you guys were able to just kind of somehow put the word out about that, and I'm more than happy we can talk. Oh we goodness, can talk yes. about it after, but I'm more than happy to give a a like a discount to your viewers or yeah. Oh yeah, that would be great. If you have, we can set up some sort yeah, of. Yeah, we can do that whatever. at the end. Sure. Okay, and we'll we'll put so any information. So we will put a link to your program, and then if we have a discount code sure. or a link, a special link to our listeners, we'll put all of that in the show notes. Sure. Okay. Awesome. Well, we are going to do a segment with you, and we've never done this before. So, listeners. Uh oh. Uh, if you need to pause, get to a big open space, or I don't know, maybe maybe you can do it from your chair. Maybe you can do it from your chair. We don't know. We yet. want to have like kind of an audio exercise that we can put into practice sure. today. Right, Hosted because we're going to do an exercise and they'll be able to to vis- visibly listen to us Yes, mm-hmm. and follow along. Mm-hmm. So do you want me to teach you guys how to tighten and relax your pelvic floor? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I'll, we're going to do, we're going to do an, an, an anus examination. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to demonstrate. You guys are going to, you guys are going to examine one another internally and I'll walk you through it. We have gloves on. We have gloves Perfect. on. We got this. Um, Someone's getting arrested yeah. at the end of this. Um, okay. okay. So I would suggest, um, actually, how about everybody go into child's pose? Ooh, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. We're there. That looks like. We're there. I'm throwing a tantrum. Is that the so that, That's okay. like, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's about right. No. Uh, I'm, I'm, pelvis, laying, pelvis. I'm laying in a little Yeah, so you'll feel position. like your pelvis is kind of up in the air now that you know what your pelvis is, right? And um, you're not in a nice relaxed position. And then I, without going into much detail, there's a relationship between your breathing and your pelvic floor. So whenever you breathe, your pelvic floor actually moves a little bit. So just start with breathing. So be down in your child's pose and just get a nice rhythm of your breathing going. So maybe kind of a three or four second inhale, three or four second exhale. I just did that and got dizzy. Yeah. Once you, <laughs> what, eventually what you're going to think about is coordinating your Kegel with your exhale. So you're going to think about those four points I gave you, your clitoris, your anus, and your two sit bones, and pull them all up into a tighten when you exhale. See this, listeners? This is how you do it. <laughs> and then when you inhale, you're going to think about dropping and widening your sit bones and opening your anus. I don't know why, but inhale, it seems backwards to me. I know. A lot of people say that. But I promise you. Katie just peed a little bit. <laughs> Wait, should I be covered in pee? No. no. We relaxed too yeah. much. We need you. No. Okay. And so basically, I, I that's one of the first exercises I often send home with women is just to get some movement going in their pelvic floor. Okay. okay. But you know. We just uh, learned how to exercise our pelvic floors. Yeah. On the floor. On the floor. We're on the floor right now. You can pelvic still floor, floor exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah, we trademarked that (laughs) there you go oh my goodness i feel like i'm so glad that you reached out to us i feel smarter but i feel stupider for not knowing (laughs) a little bit more 
I think from that the start. I'm so happy you were open to hearing about it. I I often get messages from, you know, some of the people that follow me or some of my friends saying, hey, you should, like, it's something that someone else will post. You guys must have posted something that made them think, hey, reach out to these ladies because they seemed op- mm-hmm. uh, open or, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and, we're open yeah, to the fact that we It was probably our childbirth it episode. It was probably our childbirth episode. It might have been. Like, it might have been. We didn't know what happened. So often I get a message from people saying to reach out and so I'm happy, I'm happy to do it, to spread the awareness. That's it. Any follow-up questions? Oh, no. I'm going to just go think about orgasms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go think about pelvic floors now that we know that there's one in our body. There bodies. you go. Mm-hmm. She hit the pelvic floor. Yeah. Next thing you know, showed it got low, low, low. She kept all her organs She in had her body. a oh, oh, no, stop. oh, oh, oh. Katie's oh, taking oh, it too far. Oh. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for sharing. Oh, we appreciate it. You're very you so welcome. Much. Buckle uh, up, ladies. This is grab yourself an ice cold lemonade mm-hmm. because you're it's gonna, gonna be hot. If you've googled us and found this episode from the keywords, you've come to the right place. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking about vaginas, pelvic health. Oh, I should have said vaginas. You just started it out with that word, man. <laughs> if they have a kid, now the kid's gonna be like vaginas, vaginas, vaginas. Okay. On the next episode of Shailene Katie's Lemonade Stand, we talk literally about uh, you know. Turning some lemons into lemonade in the form of positivity, learning what is in your control, and what you just need to let go of. Yeah. Also, we address FOMO, fear of missing out, and how to turn it into JOMO, the joy of missing out. Tune in, don't miss it, or you'll miss out, which is fine too. But don't be afraid of it. I mean, don't be afraid of missing out on the episode. Yeah. Don't talk about how it's a joy to miss out on the episode either. Just, you know. At least not in the iTunes reviews. Just, just listen. Just come back. Just come back. Shaylee and Katie, the podcast was recorded in Springfield, Missouri. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, and our favorite spot of all, an iTunes review. Also, feel free to email us at shayleeandkatie at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. Seriously. We love you. Bye.